الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذين جاهدوا فينا لنهدينهم سبولنا سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم We've been spending the last nine or so nights learning how to create within our hearts a passion for deen. We initially started now over a week ago by attempting to understand this triangle which consists of the same elements that are required to ignite a fire and that's the triangle of fuel heat and oxygen and we began by describing that the fuel for a person's iman is their heart and this is what can catch fire and when it catches fire it creates this burning desire within them to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we mentioned that the heat that comes which is typically external that heat is the month of Ramadan as the heat of Allah ta'ala's mercy is so intense that it causes the unthinkable to become possible the impossible becomes possible in the month of Ramadan and then we referenced the air or the oxygen required and that was a multifold approach we talked about the importance of reciting the Quran and interacting with the Quran on a regular basis to help fan this flame we talked about the importance of developing a an affinity with Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and we also spoke about the importance of regular, consistent, abundant dhikr and remembrance of Allah Ta'ala as the third component that helps fan this flame uh, within our heart. And the fourth, which we spoke about most recently, was the importance of the environment that we create because the environment actually supports this fire that's within us. The environment of people, specifically those who have a deep passion within their hearts, and the environment of the masjid, that place where the lovers of Allah come together and come together and gather, and that place where Allah Ta'ala's mercy continuously descends down upon. We also spent a couple of nights trying to better understand the soul and understand the nafs. And we highlighted that the soul needs nourishment in order for it to thrive. Just like the body, the physical body needs nourishment, so does the soul. We talked about some principal elements of the soul and what grows the soul, what, stunt, what, what hinders the progression of the soul. We talked a little bit about the nafs and the different types of nufus, whether it be nafsul lawama, nafsul mutma'inna, or nafsul ammara bisu, the nafs which is basically the person's internal carnal desires. And when it's out of control, it carries one feature or characteristic. When a person has a little bit of control over it, then we call that nafsul lawama. And when a person has the nafs in their hands, kind of like the reins are in their hands, 
We call that nafsul mutma'inna. So we spent a couple of days trying to better understand what role the soul plays in feeding the soul and what soul the nafs plays in either feeding or subduing and suppressing the soul. Uh, sorry, the, the nafs plays when what, and, and what the importance of subduing or suppressing the nafs and getting it under control. So these together, in particular, the fuel, the heat, and the oxygen required to ignite the flame, which is the heart, the month of Ramadan, and the multiple components that feed the, uh, the soul, whether it be Qur'an or an affinity with the Prophet or dhikr of Allah or the environment. When these three come together, they ignite a flame and that flame begins to burn within our hearts. And as we continue to fan that flame, it continues to grow. It grows within us and then that then spreads to the people around, just like fire spreads. If our hearts are illuminated, if our hearts are ignited with this fire, which is passion for deen, then anybody we interact with will also more or less catch fire. And this passion will then grow within their hearts as well. Now the last thing that we should cover, and perhaps this is the most important of all, every fire can be put out. Every fire can be put out. We've been spending nine days talking about what ignites the fire, what maintains the fire. But every fire can be put out. The fire of the heart can be extinguished as well. The quickest way, the most effective way to extinguish the fire of the heart is by harming the creation of Allah. The quickest way to put out that fire within your heart is by causing harm to Allah Ta'ala's creation. It's a poison that's very difficult to recover from. You know, if you transgress against Allah Ta'ala, it has an effect on that flame. But the beauty of every human being's relationship with Allah is that it takes a matter of a few minutes to reconcile that relationship. You mess up big time. You ask Allah Ta'ala to forgive you. And within moments, if not less, it's a done deal. Any human being can mend their relationship with Allah before they pass away. No one is exempt from this. Even the person who spends 90 years of their life disbelieving in Allah, if in their 91st year they decide to turn back to Allah and accept Him, They've succeeded, and Allah Ta'ala is happily willing to mend that relationship. So if that person of that extreme can mend the relationship with Allah, then you can imagine the rest of us who, alhamdulillah, were more or less on deen, alhamdulillah, we're more or less making an effort toward Allah. From time to time, we transgress against Allah, but Allah Ta'ala's open arms in the sense that He's always willing to take us back. But that's Allah, and that's a feature and quality of Allah Ta'ala. Allah's mercy is beyond the mercy of human beings. So if you usurp the rights of Allah Ta'ala, that can be rectified very easily. That can be rectified very easily. The anecdote is very simple. It's turning back to Allah with sincerity. But if you usurp the rights of people, the creation of Allah, that can take a lifetime to try to mend. And that extinguishes this fire very quickly. Look, the purpose of all of the things we've been speaking about for the last week or so, 
In particular, all of those things that grow the soul, fan the flame, Quran, dhikr, istighfar, salawat, uh, maintaining a proper environment, being in the environment of the masjid, spending time in the company of people of taqwa. The purpose of this is to strengthen our connection with Allah. That's the purpose. The effect of strengthening our relationship with Allah is that it causes certain qualities to breed within us. And that then causes or creates healthy interactions with the people around us. Let me say that again. That is that the purpose of all of these things that we've been referring to, developing the soul or development of the soul or igniting passion for deen within our heart, the goal of that is that it creates this affinity with Allah Ta'ala, or a connection with Allah Ta'ala strengthens and it increases. But the effect of that doesn't just stop there. It causes certain qualities to develop within us as human beings. And those qualities, once they're either added or removed depending on the quality, it causes us to interact with people on a completely different level. To give you a few examples, certain good qualities that develop within a person who's abundant in all of the things that we mentioned. One quality is selflessness. It's something that some people are kind of born with, but for the rest of us it requires a little bit of effort. And the Sahaba had this. And their connection with Allah Ta'ala was so deep, they appreciated very quickly the importance of giving preference to other people over themselves. In Surah Al-Hashr, Allah Ta'ala actually references an incident of the Sahaba, of a Sahabi, who, despite not having food in his own home, for his own children, just a little bit, the meal was only sufficient for his own children. He tells his wife, put the kids to sleep, you and I are going to sit with the guests and we're going to dim the lights. And we're going to pretend like we're eating because this person who we actually don't even know, we are going to give preference to this person over ourselves. And so that person eats and they're just watching and they're pretending and gesturing as if they're eating. And this act of selflessness was so beloved to Allah that Allah brings it up in the Quran. They give preference to others over themselves. Selflessness develops when a person's connection with Allah is deepened because then they appreciate that everything is the creation of Allah. And if I give preference to other than myself and the creation of Allah, then my connection with Allah Ta'ala also increases. The Prophet ﷺ said in a hadith, That the most beloved of Allah Ta'ala's creation are those that who um, are those that are best to the creation of Allah. If you want to please Allah, then you treat those, meaning the creation of Allah Ta'ala, the best. So selflessness develops within a person. Mercy develops within a person. When a person's connection with Allah strengthens, that means they appreciate the greatness of Allah and Allah Ta'ala's magnitude and Allah Ta'ala's superiority. And they recognize that I am so dependent on Allah Ta'ala's mercy. But the way by which I can acquire Allah Ta'ala's mercy is by being merciful to Allah Ta'ala's creation. So this quality of mercy develops within them. They can internalize this principle, which is based off of the hadith where the Prophet ﷺ said, Irhamu man fil ard. 
Irhamu man fil ard, be merciful to the people on earth or to those in this earth. Yarhamkum man fil sama, and the one in the heavens will be merciful to you. But that can only be internalized and practiced once the person has a deep connection with Allah. It's when a person has within them the flame and fire of deen. And then other qualities that develop are outward manifestations. So, for instance, smiling. A person develops this, this, this quality of being able to smile. Because the Prophet ﷺ said, Don't take anything lightly. Not even the smile that you greet your fellow Muslim with. Don't take it lightly. But if you can appreciate that every time I do this, I'm rewarded by Allah, and that appreciation only occurs when you have a passion for deen within your heart, then you begin to smile. And then you begin to thank other people. Right? The Prophet ﷺ said, مَن لَمْ يَشْكُرِ النَّاسِ لَمْ يَشْكُرِ اللَّهِ That if you don't thank people, then it's as if you're not thanking Allah. And for that person who's striving to please Allah, and is spending all this time trying to develop their heart, so that they're pleasing to Allah, the last thing they would want to do is not be thankful to Allah. So what do they do as a result? They thank people because the Prophet said, if you thank people, it's as if you're thanking Allah. So you see that the connection with Allah Ta'ala that a person develops with time and with effort that takes sometimes months and years, the effect of it is that good qualities come within them. Those good qualities, they don't just keep to themselves. It then permeates around and everyone they interact with will then see the effect of those qualities. So those are good qualities that, that, uh, that a person then takes on, uh, takes on themselves. And then there are certain bad qualities that are removed from that person through all of the above, through that passion for deen, through dhikr of Allah, through Qur'an, through salawat, through coming to the masjid. There's certain bad qualities that begin to remove from that person. For instance, anger. If a person understands how Allah Ta'ala, how much Allah Ta'ala dislikes anger, especially when it's improperly channeled, they'll be very careful about where that anger is displayed. They'll be very careful about holding that anger the next time it's going to be unleashed. Because they appreciate that if I want that Allah Ta'ala hold back His anger from me on the Day of Judgment, then I have to hold back my anger toward Allah's creation in this world. Once a man had asked the Prophet what is the fiercest thing in existence? What's the fiercest thing in, thing in existence? So the Prophet said that it is the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. So then the man asked, well, what is it that, we can, that I can do to control myself? What is it that I can do that I can prevent this wrath from, from approaching me? What will keep me away from it? And the Prophet said, to hold your anger. So a person who's truly fearful of Allah and has taqwa of Allah in their hearts, all they're thinking about is what can I do to protect myself from, from facing the wrath of Allah? If they appreciate and recognize that by holding my own anger in circumstances that may otherwise be warranted, then I can protect myself from the wrath of Allah. But the driving force has to be Allah. So anger begins to leave them. Uh, envy or hasad, where you want what other, people's ha what other people have, and in particular at the expense of them having it. Meaning you see someone having, receiving some blessing from Allah and you think, why can't I have it? Why is it that that person gets that blessing? Now a person who's connected with Allah and has developed their soul recognizes and appreciates that Allah Ta'ala dispenses His blessings wherever He would like. And if I ask the question of why is Allah getting that, giving that to someone else and not to me, then I'm ruining my relationship with Allah. So out of caution and out of precaution, I'm going to tell myself that you know what? It's not worth it. 
Whoever Allah Ta'ala wants to bless, He'll bless. I'm just blessed to be in a state of iman. So you even lose that desire to be envious. You know, the Prophet Sallallahu said in a hadith, Is had fi dunya yuhibbakallah, was had fi ma'inda nasi nas. That if you abstain from things of this world, then Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala will love you. And if you stop chasing after the things that people want, which is all we do, I mean, our whole life is based on this. We want what other people have, and we often want it at the expense of the other person. We always try to one up our colleagues at work or one up our students in our classes. We're always thinking that, how can I get ahead of the game at the expense of someone else? When was the last time you interacted with people who said, you know, I actually want what's best for you. You take this. You take this. You want the, the, there's two of us competing for the promotion. You take the promotion. I'm going to sit back. This, I want you to have this genuinely from the bottom of my heart. When was the last time you had that interaction? This was what the Prophet ﷺ did. And this is what the, our pious predecessors have done. And this is what people of piety continue to do. Is they give preference to other people. They want what's best for other people. You know, I'll give up this if you can have it instead. I don't need this. I want you to have this instead. So the Prophet said, وَزْهَدْ فِي مَا عِنْدَ النَّاسِ That if you stop or you abstain from chasing after what people are chasing after, the effect of that is that people will then fall in love with you. People will then fall in love with you. So, so even envy begins to leave. Then, which is the, one of the biggest ills of our time, in terms of interacting with people, is speaking ill of others behind their back without them knowing. Whether they know, whether it's true or whether it's not true. Whether it's true or whether it's not true. Backbiting, slander, this is poison. It's poison. It will destroy you from the inside. It'll destroy every relationship that you maintain or try to maintain. It will destroy, it's destroyed communities and it's continuing to destroy communities today. It continues to destroy communities today. He says, she says, she did. Did you hear what he did? Did you hear what she said? Can you believe? Can you believe what they did? It's poison. But you'll only begin to appreciate that it's poison when you appreciate how much Allah Ta'ala displeases it. And you'll only be concerned with how much Allah Ta'ala displeases something when you're concerned about Allah. When you're concerned about Allah. A person who appreciates that Allah Ta'ala is in charge and will be held accountable on the Day of Judgment for everything that we've done, and we need to hold on to every deed possible on the Day of Judgment, will recognize that there's hadith that say that on the Day of Judgment, the person that I spoke evil against will come to me and take my, my deeds away from me. Will take my deeds away from me. On that day where I can't afford to lose anything, my deeds will be taken away. The person I spoke ill against will come to me, take my deeds away from me on the day of judgment, and I'll be left bankrupt. So a person who's fearful of the day of judgment will be very careful about speaking about other people behind their back, whether it's true or whether it's not true, because they appreciate, they recognize that if I do this, this is toxic for myself, this is toxic for my heart. So we have to be very careful of this. But it's not as simple as, I just need to stop backbiting. I just need to stop slandering. We make that effort. But until our connection with Allah is stronger, it doesn't become second nature to us. It, we don't think twice about it sometimes. It just slips out of our tongue. And what happens? Relationships break in a matter of days. You know, For years, people don't talk to one another. 
relatives, people in the community, the rifts that develop. So poor, bad qualities leave a person's life when they develop their soul. Because their connection with, this, with Allah and all they're thinking about is how am I going to please Allah and how am I going to stand before my Allah on the day of judgment. So anger, envy, hasad, I mean, and there's many more that begin to leave that person. So the point being that good qualities begin to enter into that person's life and bad qualities begin to leave. And this occurs through developing the soul. And the effect of developing the soul, it then causes it to permeate to people around. Now we often have this misconception that, you know, if a person just confines themselves to the worship of Allah Ta'ala, that's all they're doing and they have no concern for the community around them. But that's, a, that's absolutely not true. It's the other. It's, it's, it's actually on the contrary. That a person who, whose relationship with Allah is truly developed, you will begin to see signs in their interaction with other people you'll begin to see signs in their interaction with other people. It actually builds this deep foundation of excellence and it encourages you to give preference to other people and to care for other people because you yourself become selfless. And not because it's the quote right thing to do, but because I'm going to be held accountable by my Lord if I don't do it. It's deeper. That connection is deeper. You know, sometimes we think that I'm going to be selfless and I'm going to help someone in front of me. So we help that person. We find that that person uh, actually... Uh, harmed us in return. They said something bad about us. You lent someone money, and what they do, they start spreading across the community that you actually did X, Y, and Z. So the effect of that, you're going to say, you know what, that's the last time I'm helping someone. If your connection with Allah is not deep, but if your connection with Allah is deep, you'll recognize that, you know what, it doesn't matter. I wasn't doing this for them, I was doing this for Allah. Why was I giving preference to you? It wasn't because it was you. I was giving preference to you because I was concerned about my relationship with Allah. Why is it that I'm not envious toward what you have? It's not because of you or what you've been blessed with. It's because I'm concerned about my relationship with Allah and about if I'm going to be held accountable by my Allah. If I hold my anger back from you, it's not because of you. It's because I'm afraid that my Allah will shower his anger down upon me on the day of judgment. So I'm withholding my anger. And even if you were to usurp my rights in the future, it wouldn't phase me because my, my purpose of bettering myself and my purpose of bettering my interaction with people, which then bleeds into the rest of the community, is because I'm worried about my relationship with Allah. And when people go in with this attitude, you see communities thrive. When people go in with this attitude that if I rectify myself, which will then rectify all of the qualities within me, and then rectify the interactions that I have with people around me, and everyone takes on this attitude, then you see communities thriving and you see communi communities benefiting and growing. But the responsibility falls upon every person. So we should deeply think about this. As we now exit, or are almost exiting this beautiful month of Ramadan, when our minds are finally clear, our hearts are finally clear, we see this dunya for what it is, we see the akhirah for what it is, we today are closer to Allah Ta'ala than we've been in the last 12 months. Most of us, if not all of us, are closer to Allah Ta'ala tonight on this 30th night of Ramadan, are closer to Allah Ta'ala than we've been for the last 364 days of the year. So if this is our state today, then this is our time to really reflect upon this. What's my connection with Allah like? And if I strengthen my connection with Allah and I grow within my heart a passion for deen, how much of an effect can I have, number one, on myself? And how great of an effect can I have on the people that I interact with? And how great of an effect I can have on the community at large. 
a person who's truly connected with Allah and a person who truly focuses on themselves, you will begin to see that they're a different person altogether. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a tawfiq to recognize the importance of developing ourselves. May Allah ta'ala protect us from uh, all of the evils and all of the ills that cause harm to one another within the community. May Allah ta'ala uh, cause from within our hearts a passion for deen to grow. And may he accept us during this month as his choice servants. And may he subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from the fire of hell and the hereafter. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shower his mercy down upon us before this month ends. May he accept all of our deeds. May he accept all of our sacrifices. May he subhanahu wa ta'ala make the Quran uh, our, our, our best friend. May he, may, he, may he subhanahu wa ta'ala grant uh, us a deep affinity with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May he make us dhakirin, those people that remember him and remember him abundantly. And may he make us from amongst those that are attached to the, to the masjid. And, and may he shade us from the day of judgment because of this attachment that we have to his home. May he grant us the company of people of piety and people of taqwa so that we may benefit from their company, benefit from their teachings, uh, and benefit from what comes from their heart. And, and may he subhanahu wa ta'ala remove any ills from our hearts, uh, in particular those that, that breed more illness within the community. And may he subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us qualities that will allow us to, that will allow us to thrive within our communities. وصلى الله وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين واخر دعوانا ان الحمد لله رب العالمين